I want you to read one verse of scripture together with me from 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. Let's read. For a wide and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Read it again, please. For a wide and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. The word that Pastor John Nayu brought to us last weekend on the warfare of breakthrough was such a now word, but it was also a word with prophetic connotation, such a powerful prophetic word. In light of that message as well as what we want to share with you today, I thought of this passage that we've just read together in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. For a wide and effective door has opened to me. Every opportunity for breakthrough and advancement in Ephesus, the advancement of the gospel in Ephesus opened to this messenger of Christ. The door that opened, it was not an ordinary door. Paul described it as a wide and effective door. But the passage doesn't end there. He goes on to say, and there are many adversaries. And there are many adversaries. The moment the enemies saw that door open, they showed up to close it, seeking to hinder Paul from going through to the gospel breakthrough. There was war at the edge of breakthrough. So many here are at the edge of breakthrough. And the question is, are you going to cross over? Are we going to cross over? Will we follow the Holy Spirit into our destiny or will we hold back laying down our weapons? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. War at the edge of breakthrough. Miss Amy and I have entered a new arena of warfare. And I'm inviting her to please join me. And I'm going to ask her to just take a few moments and share with us from her heart. Come on, can we welcome Miss Amy to come? I've asked Pastor to stand with me today because I, I can't preach, but I can share. And he just brings such strength to me. And we're in the battle together. So at the beginning of the year, my pastor said, you know, as we talk and share, he said, you know, I just really believe this is the year of breakthrough. I was like, yeah, I was so excited. But I also sensed for myself, 
You know, when God gives the church a word, that doesn't mean that we don't have to get a word. So often we want someone else to do the work for us. And we latch on to their word and we think their word's going to work for us. But what we have to do is take the word of the Lord and make it our own. We have to own it. So when he said breakthrough and I was in my own time with the Lord, this is what I heard him say, that he was prodding me to especially focus on trusting him while waiting and desiring and praying for those breakthroughs. That for me, the key to breakthrough was going to be very much blended with my ability to learn, understand, study, and grow in trust. So the first thing I asked right at the beginning of the year is, if I trust him to be the foundation to all that I need, all I desire, all he has planned for me, if I trust him, what does trust look like? You know, if I trust my husband is going to pick me up at a certain time for a certain engagement, that trust says I will get ready. That trust says, even though I don't yet see him, I know I can count on him, and that confidence will get me in the bathtub or the shower. It'll help me put on makeup, fix my hair, because I'm anticipating the answer long before I see it because I trust the person who said, Here's, what's, here's what we're going to do. So I began to wonder if I really, and I've always thought I trusted the Lord, but I just knew, you know, we talk in insight. If you haven't come yet, next year's your turn. Anyway, we talk about spiraling up. It's not that I don't have patience, but God wants me to grow, so I need more patience. So I have first grade patience, then I have standard two patients. Then I have, but God wants me to grow up and now get, you know, high school patients. And just about the time you think, I'm, I'm patient now, then you, got, you realize God's saying, no, get college age patients. And so it's not that you're ever going to get it and that's your one and done. You're always growing even in the things you do and know, it's a, it's a, it's a growth. It's a, it's a lifelong relationship with God. And um, so I begin to talk, think about my trust life and walk with Him. And I begin to say, if I really trust for the things that I'm believing for breakthrough-wise, if someone came in and said, it has happened, how would I praise? How, how would I act? How would I dance? How would I talk? Because 
we always think I have to wait for something before I do something. And I think in my own heart, sometimes I get it backwards. And so I said, what should that look like for me? So I said in my own heart, I'm going to praise before my breakthrough. I'm going to dance before my breakthrough. You've heard me share. I don't jump with joy. I do that. But I jump for joy. But it's just going deeper. It's like, oh, Amy, that's a good revelation. I'm glad you got that years ago. Now I want you to dance for the breakthrough. Dance with that trust. I'm going to do what I promise. So dance like it's already happened. So I wasn't going to wait anymore. I said, this year I'm going to do like the things I'm believing for are, are miraculous, seemingly impossible things. But I'm going to come to church. I'm going to live my life at home like it's done. I'm not going to stay under the weight of what if. God's not a what-if God. God says, I have made a promise. It's up to me to do it. So it takes all the pressure out of me to kind of orchestrate it and, you know, try to help God out. I'm just going to act. I'm going to sleep like it's done. So there are things I've been trusting for, and so much of the word has been in my heart. But little did I know that when God was telling me to stretch my trust muscles, I had no idea where this journey was going to take me. I already felt like I was kind of maxed out um, when I started. I was starting kind of at the top. So we're here to share with you where we are as a family. And we need to let you know that I've been recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And my first thought when we were sitting in the doctor's office was, this is the first thing that came to my head from Job 2.10. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? We just have this idea that if we trust him and if he loves us, nothing bad should ever happen. But guys, we live, in a, we live in a fallen world. Germs exist. That's why we put, you know, Band-Aids on cuts and we use antiseptic cream because it's the world we all live in. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. We, we have a life happens. We're in a human setting. And the reason we're even in this setting is because we didn't trust him when he put us in this perfect world. There was no sickness, hurt, disappointment. There was no petrol prices rising every month. The Garden of Eden was God's plan for us, but we couldn't trust And when we failed in trust, we opened the door to a world that we now have to live in. But I want to assure you, this world is not our home. We are pilgrims passing through. And so we don't have to feel overwhelmed with the battles 
that at worst might take us to heaven. We have to trust God. There's three ways I think God heals us. I really do. One is by the wisdom he's given men who've turned their back on him. Think about how gracious he's been to humanity to help people who even say God doesn't exist to catch the science that he created to turn it for our benefit. God is so good, we can't even fathom it. So that's one way. He's created the ability to know what to do with, I don't care whether it's leaves or plants or, you know, but we can receive healing through those types of measures. God can just supernaturally intervene. And that's what we all want, right? And that is an awesome way God gets the glory. But can I tell you, healing won't keep you saved. Healing won't keep you uh, pure. A healing here won't get you to heaven because you're going to die again if you're healed. Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he still died again. So even our supernatural healing is going to still eventually come to the most wonderful healing of all, which is for us who are losing someone, very difficult. But for the believer that has gone, not only is their body healed, their mind, they don't even have to think about their pocketbook. There's no... They're back to the Garden of Eden. It's beyond anything we can comprehend. So we don't lose. God is the healer. So the first thought that came was, we live in a fallen world. And this situation is not because I've done some terrible sin. I mean, you ask yourself, Lord, did I do anything to allow this? That can happen. But everything that happens bad isn't because you've done something. You've got to get your head on. I had to get my head on straight and just realize that God is still good. Good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And that's how life goes. So I am just so glad that in this world, I have a God who's with me every step of the way. I wouldn't want to do this without him. And then my second thought, which the help of my wonderful husband, I want you to know he's been my hero. He's been my pharmacist. He's been my prayer warrior in the middle of the night. He's been my back massager. He's been my cook. He's been my shopper at the store. But the second thought, and I told the doctor this, because I was afraid. Things are fearful. We live in a fearful world, and fearful things happen. You hear and you experience, but it says, when I am afraid, not if, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Don't fear fear. Just know what to do with fear 
when it comes. And don't say, what's wrong with me? Why am I so afraid? The Bible keeps saying, be courageous, don't fear. Because we know God's told us when you are afraid. And it just comforted me. God's not sitting here thinking, why are you afraid? He's saying, no, when you're afraid, I will trust you. You've got this. I'm shocked. I guarantee you, I was shocked. But God wasn't shocked, and I had to remind myself of that. So through the weeks of test, and it's been a process, and I know you've like, a couple of you have come up, Miss Amy, are you okay? Or we've missed you. It's been, I'm fine. In Jesus' name, I'm fine. I've already been through my first um, chemo treatment. So I can even attest there's been many moments along this journey that I've had to just stop and say, God, I'm afraid, but I trust you. I'm in your hands. And peace that is just unexplainable just comes and settles on your heart. I don't know if you remember, but at the beginning of the year, Pastor Nelson started us off. And one of the scriptures from that verse in Psalms 23 says, even if I go through the deepest darkness, I will not be afraid, Lord. But that's not just I won't be afraid because I'm so smart or wonderful. There's another scripture. It says, for you are with me. It doesn't say the darkness won't be there. It just says when the darkness would try to come, you are with me. Your shepherd's rod and staff protect me. And I just have to tell this precious story because when I went in to get some uh, treatment and I had to have a, a small little operation Yeah, I've had one long ago, but this was really unique because I was on the bed waiting to be wheeled into the operating room. And the nurse came and said, okay, let's go. And I was like, all right. And she said, well, get up, let's go. (laughs) I was like, and it was so precious because this wonderful, caring lady, she just took me by the hand. She didn't wheel me into the operating room. She, let, she, she walked me into the operating room. I've never walked into the operating theater in all my days. But the beautiful part was she didn't just say follow or she knew this was a very scary moment for my flesh and my mind. And she took me by the hand and she led me all the way through that area, holding my hand, petting my arm, caring. And this is exactly what God says. I might take you somewhere you don't want to go, but I'm not asking you to go alone. If you'll let me, I'll take your hand and I'll walk at your pace because she was very caring and slow. She got me up on the operating table. She adjusted everything like I needed. And it's just so precious to think that's what God does. He, he says, I'm, I'm with you and, and I'm going at your pace and I'll hold your hand and I'll keep you steady. 
And she was just being like, and she was so sweet. She was, she's pet me, it's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. And I just heard God in her voice. And I, I hear God say that to me a lot. This is a battle. Thank you, Pastor John. I have listened to that message over and over and over again. And I do believe it's a prophetic word. It wasn't a word to me for just now. It's a word for us, the body of Christ. We're in a war. We have to believe his promises and we have to put our trust in a faithful God. I think about Hezekiah. It's crazy. He's dying. He's looking at the wall. He's crying, I don't want to die. We know that fear. That's fearful, right? And so God hears him. He says, tell Hezekiah, what does he want me to do to show him that I'm going to heal him? And so Hezekiah said, I want the sundial or the sun to go back on the dial or something like that. And God performs a supernatural miracle to prove what he told Hezekiah through the prophet was true. But do you know what happened after that? The prophet went and got a poultice, a fix, and put it on his wound. I don't understand that, God. If he could make the sun move backwards to say what I told you is true, why didn't he just point his finger at the thing and go, zap, you're done. You're healed. healed. And that's where trust comes in. He wants us to need him. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And how do you relate with somebody you don't need? So our need is actually our friend. Because it, yeah, if we understand it, because what he's saying is draw close. I want to talk to you. I want to walk with you. I want to hold your hand. I may take you somewhere you don't want to go, but will you trust me? Will you trust me? And so we need to trust. I need to trust. God's way ahead, guys. He's not only in yesterday, and we know faith is now, but I'm telling you, trust is about tomorrow and the day after. It's about next year and the next decade. God is not in heaven pacing around. What am I going to do for Miss Amy? Oh, my goodness. She just got a bad report. God's like, oh, I've been here already. And I already know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. I'm already in tomorrow. Hey, just trust me. So think about this. Moses just had this great deliverance and led everybody through the Red Sea. And finally, they have this miraculous thing. And of course, because they've seen the supernatural, what are they doing? They get on the other side of the Red Sea and they're dancing. Timbrels. Oh, we love the supernatural. Three days later, they get to Mara and the water's bitter. Where's their dance? If you don't trust him, the miracle today is not always going to be enough for your tomorrow. But if you trust the God of the miracle, he will always be in your tomorrow. And so when they got tomorrow, it said they could not drink the water because it was bitter. So they, it was given the name Mara. The people complained. Is this not our human nature? He does something so amazing one day. 
And three days later, it's not good enough. He's forgotten us. I mean, I, you just see yourself in the Bible over and again. So it was given Mark, and, and they complained to Moses, what can we drink? And Moses cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. What God showed me here for myself, and I believe you'll benefit, is he was looking for their trust once again. I've just done something at the Red Sea. You're up against another challenge. Can't you trust me? You've just seen what I've done. Instead of complaining, can't you look up and say, God, wow, what are you going to do this time? It's, it's something that we've got to just, I'm working on. And, and so, um, where am I? So, because he wanted to show them his care, his faithfulness. He wanted to have relationship with them. He wanted them to see, I can, I can do whatever I need to do, however I need to do it. But the thing that really hit me about this story, and it brought me so much peace, and I pray it will you, that tree didn't pop up in three days. Long before they ever got to this part of the story, God said, you know what? A day's coming. And my people are going to be right here, right now. I need to plant a tree. In advance, God said, I'm planting a tree today in preparation for what my people will need. Way down. Guys, you can trust him. He's way ahead of what we need. He's planting trees. He's making a way where there seems to be no way. And he's just so far out there, we can't comprehend him. And aren't you glad? If you want to understand God and me, if we want all the answers, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not really interested in that God because he becomes my equal. I need a God that I do not understand. When a parent tells a child, I'm going to take you to the doctor, and they're crying and screaming because they don't understand. This is for your good. Aren't you glad that child has a parent that knows this is what we need to do because I know what I'm doing. And so often we want to take our hand out and run away and say, I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't make sense. Can we just learn, myself included, to let God be God. And when we don't understand him, say, I don't understand you, God. I don't understand why you would do that with the son. I, but I trust you. You're smarter. You're wiser. And I'm going to rest in that. He has a purpose. He has a plan for me, for you. No matter what it is, God is in control. So he's in our tomorrows. Matthew 6, 34, Pastor Don sent this to me. He knew I was pressing in, and this is what it says in the message. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Don't get ahead. Don't get into what if and maybe and 
perhaps just be in today, stay in faith and know tomorrow is waiting with God already in it. So our doctor looked at us and she said, after all the tests, she said, I'm asking you to give me one year. She said, one year of your life. Will you, will you give it to me? Will you and your husband give it to me? She said, it's not going to be a normal year. There's going to be unique things. So family, you may not always see me here as usual. There's just certain days I may not be able to be here in flesh. You can know I am always here in, in heart. But I just, she said, you're going to have to do some things differently. And she said, if you'll give me one year, because she said, I know who the healer is, and I'm simply a person God uses. She says, I'm confident that at the end of this year, all shall be well. So this is what we're believing for. I don't know what the next day holds. I don't know what tomorrow, this has been such a day-to-day journey, but I can promise you we have seen this, we've seen breakthroughs. So here's what I want to end with. When she said, will you give me a year? I think it's the day before she actually asked us for that. Pastor Don and I, and I read this scripture to him, and I said, I believe this is the word of the Lord for us. It's Jeremiah 17, and it can be your word too. Seven and eight. Blessed with spiritual security is the man or woman who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord, whose hope and confident expectation is in the Lord. For he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river. He will not fear the heat when it comes, but its leaves will be green and moist and it will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought. So the moment she said, will you give me a year? I thought the Lord already spoke to us. Don't be anxious and concerned in a year of drought because it says you'll be green and moist, nor stop bearing fruit. So I just want to say sometimes we feel like we're in a drought because we have this idea, I've got to feel it. It's got to come on, it's got to come this way from the heavens down to my head and it's got to feel, I got to feel something. But God said, no, 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 no. Where the water comes from is from the roots. I'm going to have to pull it up. The responsibility's on you and me, guys. We want God to just shower us. Oh, showers of blessings. Yes, that's one way God does it. But for me, it's been very clear. And I think for many of you, we've got to be planted by the water of the word and we've got to keep pulling. That's where the life comes from. That's where the green, that's where the moist, 
That's where the fruitfulness comes. It's God working in us and in our hearts and and it's it's available to every one of us. So I know this year is going to look different. But I just want you to know we're not stopping. Yeah. We are not stopping. We thought about mission month and oh lord what are we going to do? We thought about ladies encounter, oh what are we going to do? And we looked at each other and we said we're doing it. Nothing this it's not it's not me. Miss Rosie, Miss Jane, Miss Esther, Miss Anna. God puts his hands on us. We need you. Because God works through us and we don't have to stop where and we're an army. If one person has to sit or take a little time, there should be somebody ready to step up and say, "I can help. I'm ready." Let's go. And so guys, we're having missions month. We are <laughs> So I want you to know you can trust him. I can trust him. Many of you are in battles very similar. You've already walked through them. Some of you are presently in. I'm not the only one standing here in a battle. I just know because I'm the mama you you see me and I have to tell you about this battle because I want you settled I want you in faith don't think that we think we're the only ones that are struggling and no we're well aware that you're in battles you're walking things out you've been giving such situations and we want our faith to come together you pray for me i pray for you we pray for one another we're family guys and we're just going to even when we don't understand it when we're in the tension of the now when we don't get it we can praise him before the breakthroughs because they're coming in jesus name